Hello and welcome to Astrolushes Season 2. Season 2, we're here. Can you believe that we're here? I can't believe it. This is Andy Tallarico. And this is Lisa Marie Bazile. And welcome to the second season of Astrolushes. Yes. The show where we get drunk and talk to you about astrology. In fact, we've even changed our slogan. Yeah, what is it now, Lisa? <laughs> Andy came up with this. Astrolushes, loaded astrology. Loaded because we have a lot of opinions and we're full of booze. Welcome. Welcome to the Leo season. Um, so if you haven't listened to our miniature sort of... Interlude. Yeah, our interlude episode. We recorded an eight-minute episode just talking about where we've been and where we hope to go um, with, with, the, with the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so we encourage you to check it out. And sort of like why we haven't been here and why we're back. Yeah. Both of those things. So thank you for sticking with us and thank you to people who have reached out to ask where, we're, where we are and how we're doing. We are here and we are as well as can be given everything. Everything. And um, we hope that you are too. We hope that you are listening in today with um, health and love and safety. Yes. And we mentioned in our last mini episode, but in case you didn't listen um, or give it a listen yet, uh, we had to skip past Aries, Taurus, Gemini, and Cancer this year due to COVID and uh, political situations happening. So we are going to be releasing uh, rituals that you can do uh, either to inspire the energy of those signs, whether it's your sun, moon, and rising, whether you just feel like you need to be invigorated with some Aries energy in your life, or maybe the moon is in Aries that day and you feel inspired to like tap into that. Yep. We are gonna be talking about moon signs pretty in depth later even though we're in the season of the sun right now. It's true. Um, and so these rituals uh, are our way of like paying back to the seasons that we didn't get to talk about this year and that we very much will be doing yeah. next year, there's, next season. There's uh, only love for all of you, so please don't think that we have forgotten you. And with the ritual guides that we're releasing, there are many ritual guides, we're gonna be doing them for all the seasons coming up. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a regular fix, fixed, thing mm -hmm. what, what? sure a regular <laughs> recurring a thing <laughs> a thing that we do we're back in articulate as ever i think i meant fixture a regular okay. fixture a regular fixture yeah. that makes sense i'm that's so a thing sorry that people say yeah that's it a is. thing people say i learned it from te television i just thought it sounded good <laughs> a mainstay a keystone a touch point a, a foundation <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> it is Leo season. We are in it. We are, we are in, in it. This season of the sun. Yeah. We are getting loaded today, not on red wine, which is our usual because it's like 90 degrees and 100% humidity. Gross. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. We're drinking mimosas. Yes. It's like the bubbles, the brightness of the citrus, which. The sunny color. Yes. It could not be a more Leo beverage. Exactly. Unless we were drinking it with like very fine champagne. We are not. We are drinking it with cheap Prosecco. Very cheap Prosecco. <laughs> But honestly, it's lovely, isn't it? It is. And, yeah. and finding your glamorousness, no matter what budget, is extremely Leo energy. Cheers to that. Cheers to So, a brief run-through of what to expect from this episode. We're going to be talking about Leo season and everything that that involves. We're going to be going into, obviously, some Leo values, some rituals to embrace Leo. We'll also be talking about sun moon and rising yes yeah, so if you're not into leo season that's just the beginning portion so there's plenty of the rest of, ep of the episode to listen to so if you're not interested in leo you're not going to be breeze on by breeze on through because there's lots more coming that applies <laughs> to everyone 
Yep, uh, sun, moon, and rising. Um, we're gonna be talking a little bit about how moon and rising kind of inspires the directions in our lives. Yes, we've talked about these aspects before. We're handling them differently on this episode. And we have a really extra fun segment today Ooh, called, called... We Call Bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> we Call Bullshit. We should have a little sound. We should. We need a sound effect for that. Maybe yeah. we can edit one in when... Boing, boing. <laughs> <laughs> We call bullshit, as only a Cancer and Scorpio of Italian-American background can yeah, bring you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can do it in the passive-aggressive way. I'll do it with a horribly aggressive way, and then <laughs> we can just move on. But guaranteed, it will all be bitchy. All right, last segment. We'll be talking about things we actually really love. Yes. So we don't want to just pass on bring it back. negative vibes. Bring Stuff it back. Stuff we love a lot, and um, then, then, yeah, then we'll say goodbye and, and leave you to your beautiful... Leo magic making. Exactly, exactly. Um, so when we're in Leo season, right, I was thinking originally about this episode because we didn't know if we wanted to stay seasonal and in the time we're in, but we kind of always function better that way. And the reason is because, like, when the sun enters into a new sign, we enter into a new energy, like, as a, you know, as a hemisphere, essentially. And, you know, like, the, the journey of the 12 signs really do align with, like, the greater journey of our lives. And it makes sense that Aries... It's like so fiery and it has that cardinal beginning energy. It has all of that get up and go. And that happens in spring. And it's the beginning of the astrological year, right? People feel rejuvenated. They feel like there's a little bit of hope Mm -hmm. and energy to kind of get things started again after the restful, necessary period of winter. Absolutely. And, you know, and so Taurus season brings in, um, you know, like confronting how we are living our lives and what values we're seeing through and how we're spending our money and how we're living our best lives at home and how we're caring and comforting for ourselves. Uh, I think it's so fascinating that Gemini season coincides with like graduation, graduation, right? That's a beautiful point. It's like celebrating your intellect and your academic achievements yep. is, for, it's, it's pretty saggy, but it's kind of owned by Gemini. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really a time in which you like learn to communicate mm-hmm. and you learn the kind of things that make you a people person, mm-hmm. what kind of people you connect with. Absolutely. Where, where your life is going. Yeah, and I it's also it. a time of like you're probably applying for jobs um, if you're a student. Uh, especially and like having the gift of like glib gab at yeah. that time is crucial you need to learn how to talk to everybody in to every everyone. situation to become and that's a chameleon like, it's the gemini gift exactly uh and then you enter into the beginning of summer with the watery cardinal energy the first water sign of the, uh, the ast- astrological year is cancer yeah god it's such the a best season it's the best season that gets <laughs> the worst rap like everybody's like oh thank god we're out of cancer we're into leo first of all the hell with you people you have no taste <laughs> sorry andy's a cancer by the way <laughs> um no it's like the beginning of summer there is like sort of a there, I mean, there's a I, dreaminess and a magical quality to it. Right. I think that there's this, um, because summer is such a beautiful sort of laissez-faire time where people sort of lounge and visit the sun and the sea, and there's bound to be some emotional stuff that comes up from that because mm-hmm. you have that sort of beautiful, languid, hot, sweaty pause mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you think back and you reflect and... I mean, summertime sadness is a phrase for a reason. It is. And it's like, it's intended to be a time of reflection, but also because it's cardinal energy, it's also a time to like activate your feelings and what you're going to be doing with them. Absolutely. So it sort of leads into Leo season really nicely. It's a beautiful segue. You know? And like cancer is the moon and our feelings and our inner world. And like Leo brings us back into the light and sun. Um, 
But I feel like you have to do the work of Cancerian season to fully grasp and cultivate and lead like a really full Leo season. Exactly. It's like, congratulations, you made it through the abyss. Mm-hmm. Now let's have a great time mm-hmm. and experience like joy and beauty. And actually, because you've done so much work, you experience that sort of like Leo self acknowledgement of your power and your value and your worth Mm -hmm. because you've made it through you've done the work yeah so it's a real celebration not only superficially and like fun and beauty and but but also like on a deeper personal level yeah I really love that I do too I think it's a wonderful transition I think the cusp of cancer to Leo and I'm not saying that I believe in actual cusps don't come at me but she's not not saying it I'm saying that when you're born right next to then a new sign you're going to have planets that are placed there and it's going to influence how you are like i am a july 20th cancer i have leo in my chart it, it just works out that way but i do think there's really something very significant about the cancer leo um cusp those few days before and after it's a shadow period it is a shadow period and it's cancer and leo are the only two signs that don't share planets with anyone mm. moon rules the cancer and sun rules leo there's no other planets that oversee them they're extreme opposites. They have yeah. completely different um, energies. And to like straddle water fire in that way, I mean, you have people, like I'm not going to get too dark, but you have people like Robin Williams and Philip Seymour Hoffman and those kind of performers who, who are extroverted in one way but deeply introverted in another, and it's just it's filled with feelings. It's a dissonance for sure. Yeah. Anyway, Leo season, there's yeah. so much to talk about. Let's talk about some famous Leos. Because there are so many. You're good celebrities, Leos. Oh my gosh. The Leos, it's a, it's ripe with wonderful people. Mm-hmm. So we've got Meghan Markle. Not true, yeah. Um, um, Barack Obama. Barack Obama. The, just the most wonderful man. The, oh, just perfection. You have Madonna. She, yep. Madonna exemplifies Leo. Yep. Uh, she she exemplifies it, 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 like Leonine qualities. I think of her, even her video for Like a Virgin when she's like tossling with a, a lion mm-hmm. in Venice. <laughs> um, how much more Leo do you get? <laughs> talking about how the way that somebody touches her makes it feel like she's starting from like scratch again, starting from a purity perspective. And oh, it's so Leonine. It's so, so, so. We've also got Angela Bassett. Oh my God. One queen. of my favorites. Queen. Yeah. Um, speaking of queens, you have Whitney Houston, Viola Davis. Vivica like, A. Fox. Leos, you, oh, God, your, your women just shine. Yeah. Halle Berry. Um, Maya Rudolph. And, and, Maya Rudolph is having such a good few years right now, and she has earned it so deeply. She's just so wonderful. Do you know that she's the singer Minnie Riperton's daughter? No, I didn't. That disco-era uh, singer. It's not disco herself, but she's like disco-era, and she hits these crazy high notes in the song. Oh, my God. And, yeah. God damn it, that's amazing. Yeah, and that's her her mom. Um, Leo also has some great writers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Percy Shelley. That's a big one. That's I a big one. That. Ray Bradbury. Charlotte Bronte, who's like an absolute personal favorite. James Baldwin. James Baldwin. Praise, praise, praise. Right? Um, Even Alexander Dumas. um, Mm -hmm. Very important writer. Tolstoy. Dorothy Parker. Dorothy Parker. So fantastic. So you you also have like, you know, you have the big, big, big personalities of Mick Jagger and Robert De Niro. Like they really exemplify Leo as well. Yeah. And if you guys have, uh, I don't know if you all have been having the kind of summer we have. We just listened to Dua Lipa on repeat. On repeat. Why and would you do anything else to yourself? Why? Why? Dua is a Leo. I love it. <laughs> she is. Big, big Leo energy. Big Leo energy. Yeah, for sure. Don't start now. Is that what it's called? 
Don't start. Don't start now. Yeah. Yeah, that has like big time Leo oh qualities. My God. Like if you weren't interested in me before and you see me out now, like tough shit. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Eat bitch. it up. Eat it. Hope it tastes yeah. delicious. Ah, yes. Be <laughs> drenched in my beauty. You've missed the boat. <laughs> so let's talk about. Oh, there's like a lot of Leo misinformation. There is. And I I praise Leo so deeply um, because I I see them. Well, differently. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and I actually, I'm. I would love to talk about this because I feel like I, Lisa, have actually made a lot of um, shitty statements about Leos in my life, and it's because it's they easy have, to do with the misconceptions that are out there. It is, and I've known and loved a lot of Leos, so it's important for me to kind of debunk these misconceptions. The Leo sign in the the world of astrology memes. The Leo has become like the selfie, you know, the thirst trap of the Zodiac. And it's like, they are so much more than that. I remember there was this meme I sent you where the Leo just looks at themselves in the the mirror. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel like that's reductive and unfair. I mean, yeah, I I really think it is. So let's, let's deconstruct this. Like where, why do they post thirst traps? Why are they so sexy in their selfies? Why are they so good at this? I think... The most important and potent thing that I've read about Leos comes from Queer Cosmos, Colin Bedell, who said so beautifully and so succinctly a while ago, I think maybe last year, he posted this. It's, he, he basically was just like, look, it's not all about the ego. Leos know their worth, and mm-hmm. that is so powerful. So obviously, just like with anyone in the world, you can kind of take that as you wish. Mm-hmm. You can know your worth in a super egotistical and terrible manner, or you can know your worth in a steady sturdy quiet deep and powerful sort of way and i think leos can present as both mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it really is about that value and worth i also feel like i know a ton of really soft-hearted leos who don't want to be in the spotlight yeah. and don't want to take selfies and don't even really have great confidence levels but they're they're still tender and loyal and loving and loving in all the ways that leos are yeah and i think that's powerful so there's more than there's more than just like star factor yeah and it's i mean i think the leo is kind of like the scorpio and the virgo in that it's people really write them Mm one-dimensionally and uh, i never thought i'd sit here on this podcast defending a virgo but (laughs) let's comment let's face the facts like of course it's not Mm one-dimensional and um I still hate you guys, but <laughs> I do not. I like Virgos. <laughs> Andy is pro Virgo. Make that known. I'm only kidding. I'm just like I told you. I'm contractually obligated. She is. She is. She's supposed to insult Virgos and Pisces at least once an episode. Yeah. Or we can't continue. I have the the, the people in charge. <laughs> I can't. I can't tell you who they are, but. But listen, here's here's my whole... I'm going to spiel about Leos for a second. Spiel it. We all have our body parts as signs that were represented. Leos are ruled by the heart. The heart is where, you know, we, we um, associate it with courageousness. We associate it with, you know, bravery, loyalty, even chivalry. Like, Leos um, rule over the heart, which, you know, they rule over... Um, it's really about, like, I'm, I'm rambling, values. It's about what's important. It's about finding what worth. What you're loyal to. And about expressing your values that, so that they align with what matters to you. So um, in that way, like, Leos are, they're like chivalric knights, like, wearing, you know, the armband of what they believe in and going into battle for that. And, like, yeah. willing to die for their cause. Um, 
when we call somebody lion-hearted, think about that. Like that exactly. is the ultimate Leo statement. When someone is lion-hearted, they are generous, they're loyal, they have pride, they care about the people around them. They want things to be reflective of peace, harmony, all the things that are important to them. And Leos just generally speaking, depending on what else is playing into your chart, aren't afraid to take center stage to make that happen. Agreed, yeah. Because someone has to do what's right. And Leos, Leos both do it because they believe in it, but they also like the applause, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, my mom is a really soft Leo. She, I won't go into what makes my mom my mom because it's her personal business, but I will say that she is what would seem opposite of Leo. But through all the trials and tribulations and all the uphill battles in her life, at the, at the end of it all, there is ultimately love and loyalty toward those that she loves, no matter how she kind of shows it or, or the things that she's gone through. And I think yes. that, you know, it's easy to write someone like her off as not a true Leo, mm -hmm. but that love is the foundation. It's the core, it's the driving yeah. force. Yes. And that's your, your mother f loves you so fiercely and loves her family so fiercely. Your mother loves me fiercely and I'm just your friend. I know. <laughs> you know she just has the capacity for that as a, as a Leo. Um, and another thing that Leos care about is like pleasure. They yes. care about pleasure and they care about glamour in a way that isn't, it's not shallow. Like putting on makeup and like dressing to your best is not just about like, you know, wanting likes and wanting yeah. uh, flirtation. It's really about like the expression of your value system and what makes you feel good and how we act better when we feel better and we feel better when we look better. And we all need a person in our life that tells us it is okay to celebrate yourself. Mm -hmm. There's so many signs that you would not go to for that sort of thing. And if you're but... sandwiched between Cancer and Virgo as a Leo, like somebody there has to like take the pictures <laughs> and make us look good because Virgos and Cancers aren't doing that work for themselves. They're probably not. You know? They're really probably not. Yeah. I mean, I think a Leo, I think... As a Scorpio, I think a Leo is the kind of person that I need to sort of drag me out of my hole and infuse me with that little bit of energy of self-celebration. Self-celebration is a beautiful thing. And they, you know what, I think it also, like all of their values align to make them just natural leaders. And I think that really speaks to having being ruled by the sun, mm -hmm. like having the sun as your planet is no small thing. Um, in astrology, planets, um, where your planets sit obviously matter because certain things are compatible and certain things aren't. And so like having your sun sign being ruled by the sun, like Leo, is a really exalted placement. Being a cancer, yeah. <laughs> having being ruled by the moon and having your sun sign being ruled by the moon makes being a cancer much more difficult like, right. in terms of what you're working with and like what tools you're given. Leos shine. They do shine. They radiate. And they permit others to find their shine as mm -hmm. well. And I think that's really a beautiful thing um, because it isn't often that we feel allowed or permitted or encouraged or empowered to I don't know let our true beauty and power radiate mm -hmm. sometimes you feel you don't want to be the center of attention or you feel like you don't have what it takes to be a beautiful radiant inspiring thing mm -hmm. but we all have a little bit of that in us and I think if we really sort of meditate on the Leo archetype, we can all find ways to be empowered and let that empower the people around us. Um, that's what I take away from Leo. Definitely. Way, is how do I step up and shine? Yep. Leo has that fixed fire quality, which to me is like, which battle can I take on that is worthy? Um, which battle can I fight that uh, will enhance my value system, will enhance the enjoyment of lives around me? Um, how can I live heart first? heart open, um, 
how can I turn loyalty into something that can both protect everyone I love and that can be weaponized against enemies? Absolutely. It's a generosity, a protection. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's, I mean, Leo's a wonderful sign. Yeah. They are, I, Leo's are like, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In fact, join me. Yeah. You can feel beautiful too. I don't know if they want to share that spotlight, to be honest. <laughs> I also, you also don't want to piss off a Leo, not because they have bad tempers, but because they can't handle any criticism. You <laughs> Sorry, know what? Guys. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't want to trade places, of course. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the best sign on the Zodiac, naturally, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Do you have any Leo in your chart? No, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, other than, like, the, you know, the grand I mean, yeah. chart. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't have any, and it doesn't yeah. surprise me. My Venus is in Leo, and my North Node is in Leo, so they're, it, it, it's crucial in my chart. My I see it in you. My value system and, like, what I aspire to and, like, what I find important it, it very much aligns with, with Leo. I mean, you've gotten on stage and, like, done a comedy set. Several times. I do literary readings and hide in the back. You do not. I do. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable and I'm like, when is the soonest I can get out of here? Yeah, you don't love the spotlight. I don't love it. I do. I love it digitally. I'm like, this is on my terms. Mm-hmm. I can put something on the internet and I can leave. Yeah. And I don't have to talk to anyone. Yeah, and I don't really like being in the spotlight online. That's I don't. So, but, but then like, you go in a group and you just shine. I want to be on stage. Yeah. It's the Liam. So amazing. Mm. Um, All right. What about so, you guys? Yeah. If you're listening, are you the kind of person that maybe embodies some Leo traits? Are you a Leo yourself? Um, are you somebody who could use a little more Leo energy in your life? Let us know. Tweet us. Let us know because it is something we're genuinely interested Absolutely in. Absolutely we are. So we're going to segue into like a new portion of what we're going to be, like something that we're adding to Astrolushes, both our social media and in the podcast, uh, which is uh, coming up with rituals and actions that you can um, partake in to celebrate the season. season. Yeah, exactly. So even if you don't have Leo, um, a, a prominent Leo placement in your chart, or you don't feel particularly connected to the Leo archetype, this isn't about that. It's about the entire, the entirety of the Zodiac kind of being able to teach you something. Absolutely. And it's important that what we can you What learn. can you take from this season? What can you yeah. infuse with power so that you're harnessing the energy that's happening around you? Yeah. I love that. And it... It is so cyclical that it gives you a sort of timestamp and a reason to return to yourself and a reason to return to ritual. And I think coming back to that and honoring that monthly is a really powerful way to kind of like make your life more rich mm-hmm. and, and meaningful and meaningful and sacred. Um, and you don't have to have any sort of belief to do that no. because these are archetypes we're working with. Um, and that's always my, that's my that's where I come from with mm-hmm. this is I like to learn from things whether or not you know astrology is I say this every episode quote unquote real I'm not concerned with if it's real or not I'm not concerned with the reality I'm concerned it's, with it's there the it's a system that and, exists <laughs> yeah and I learn from it mm-hmm. and I love that so, so rituals what yeah. can we do Lisa one of the first things I thought that is super simple because you know I, I want to meet you guys where you're at I don't know what your beliefs are your practices currently are, but something that's really simple for everyone to do is to take an object that means something that is powerful, that reminds you of your best and most powerful self, and to charge it under the sun. So you put it on a windowsill, maybe you decorate a little altar, and you just put something, whether it's an amulet or a necklace or a photo of yourself doing something that you're really proud of and charging charge it under the sunlight. Maybe you can carry it with you or decorate an altar with it or 
um, I don't know, sleep with it under your pillow. Or put it on your bedstand. I do yeah. night, nightstand magic is big for me. Yeah, because it kind of just infuses your life. Mm -hmm. And you return to this thing, you know that it's charged mm -hmm. or programmed, which means every time you touch it and look at it, you're getting sort of a electric infusion of what you set the intention to be. Absolutely. And I know that when we talk about charging objects, like the first thing that we often think of is crystals. And I would, I would encourage you um, to yeah. find the crystals that speak to you. I do think for Leo, rather than assigning you crystal meaning, because that is not our MO, it's just not something I want to do, even though I feel like we've both read plenty of information. Sure. But if you want to find a, a crystal that speaks to you of sun energy, if it's, you know, brightly colored, um, if it's sun colored, these are things that like will really have like help. And yeah. tiger's eye is often associated um, with Leo, I know too. But it doesn't have to be a specific crystal because it's the right crystal. It has to be the right crystal for, for you. you. It always comes back to that. So you don't have to charge specifically a crystal, but if you want to, that's also extremely helpful. But what was your next? You had a couple of points of action here, Lisa. Oh, um, my my the, another one I was thinking of was just. And I think we both kind of talked about this, a beautifying ritual. Absolutely. And how, you know, um, Glamour put, magic. putting on some serum <laughs> can actually be a really beautiful, sacred thing. If you just, like, if you are already taking care of your skin, say, like you have a nightly ritual, when you're taking that time and like putting serum on your fingertips and putting it onto your face, that is a moment where you can, you can instill the sacred into the mundane. Absolutely. It goes so much deeper than just what you're putting into your skin right now, right? You're like believing in yourself. Yeah. You're building a foundation for yourself. Yeah. And you're trying to present like the best version of yourself that you possibly can. And if that's not Leo energy, I don't know what is. Literally, you are making yourself into the altar. I mean, that is so Leo. Love it. And, you know, if, if it means like you want to bring more confidence or more creativity into your life, you could literally write that onto your skin when you put your moisturizer on or you can just envision yourself in certain scenarios while you put you know some serums on or something it sounds really silly when i say it like that but i don't think it does it's those it's those little quiet moments with yourself that really make a transformative long-term effect in your life because you mm -hmm. are coming home to yourself I'm going to get political for one second and say like the entire idea of like self-care and beauty being shallow is a result of the fucking patriarchy. Absolutely. And I'm always here for undermining the patriarchy in whatever way we can. And if, if you're, if you feel like you function better and you feel better when you look the way that you want to, there is nothing shallow about that. And now is a really good season to find out what makes you feel beautiful and honor it. Absolutely. I mean, I agree with you completely. It's it's bullshit that skincare and makeup has been reduced to something superficial. And maybe your beauty is like not wearing makeup and not doing your hair and exactly. like but finding what makes yeah. you feel hot, yeah. what makes you feel attractive is your Leo energy. Absolutely. And then what is something else that a person might be able to do to embrace Leo energy? I would think okay, so we talked about this as well. Um to me like Spreading the magic of the sign is part of it. Mm. And so I think if you can give compliments and build people's like build people's confidence through compliments, through kind language, through generosity, through givingness. Inclusion. Inclusion, showing your loyalty to somebody, but also just like telling somebody they look nice. Yeah. And like making yeah. their day with that to me is like really 
infusing your life with some beautiful Leo magic. What do you think? I love that. I think it's wonderful. And you can do this in so many ways. You don't have to comment on somebody's body or looks. You can say that color looks amazing on you. You look really strong. You are giving off an amazing, like, radiant vibe today. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't... You don't have to focus on physical attributes to to show love. Absolutely not. But just, like, letting people know what makes them shine and what makes them radiate like the sun is sharing the Leo energy. Yeah. Because there's people who obviously in the world dole out compliments in in an inauthentic way that feels like they're trying to butter you up. Yeah. But there's so many people I've met throughout my life that are quick to give love and generosity of spirit that immediately when I'm around them I feel safe I feel loved I feel inspired Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to give it back to someone else pass the buck and I feel like we all have it in us just find something that really speaks to you and don't be afraid to say something to someone and when you acknowledge someone's beauty in whatever form like you're raising the vibrational level to that area like to that level with them and they're going to meet you back with that same energy whether it's just the gratitude even if it's not giving a compliment back because that's not the purpose of giving out compliments or being generous but people you're going to raise the vibration raise the levels raise the joy peace and love and light girl live for your heart first <laughs> white light making we're, fun of ourselves because we're, we're just we're just kidding we're just deep dark bitches sorry yeah, guys we're just kidding um <laughs> but you know what i'm thinking i'm wondering if we're too sober Okay, well, let's cheers this. Let's cheers it, and I'm going to get us some more Prosecco mm-hmm. while you chat a little bit about the next segment. Our next segment, we've talked about sun, moon, and rising plenty of times on here, but because we are constantly learning, growing, gaining more information, um, we kind of wanted to bring it, we wanted to bring it back and have that conversation again. I've been doing some reading and doing some research on using our, our birth charts um, in the moment, like now, not just like at the moment we were born, the planets were aligned and now we're stuck with these personalities, but like how, how do we apply them to what's going on in our to right lives? now? Yeah. And I guess I'm going to delve specifically into the moon and rising right now um, to say that they can both be viewed in a similar format. Our moon signs can represent to us. There are, there is a whole school of thinking that our moon sign is sort of what we bring with us from our past lives or sort of the inherited knowledge that we bring with us into our current lifespan. Sort of the underbelly of the self. Yes. And I don't know if you believe in past lives. I don't know if I believe in past lives, to be honest with you, but I do be- I do believe in like bringing energy. I definitely into believe the world with that us. even if it's not a literal past life, yes. there's an inherited trauma. Yes. There's inherited wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that can be ancestral. It can be just familial it could be you know something that happened just before you were born that your family has always been sort of contending with so yeah so a way that you can interpret your moon and i want you to look at your chart there are two ways uh, there are two aspects of this theory right and so part of it is that the planet that it's in is very meaningful the planet that it's in like my moon is in pisces so i am bringing like a piscean knowledge into this current life right but your moon planet also is in a house And the house is sort of what we should be aspiring to work toward. So we have this knowledge that we brought in with our planetary alignment. And then we have a place that we're sort of trying to get to based on the house placement. So as an example, my moon is in Pisces in the third house. Moon in Pisces is extremely emotional. means that I'm bringing with me problems with addiction and family and boundaries and not having them. 
being spiritual right. but not having the communication to like do anything with that spirituality because it sort of sits in me but then it's in the third house of gemini which is about communication which is about intellect which is about like taking things a little less seriously sometimes too mm. and so to me it looks like a life path that i could follow is learning how to translate my pain and my past and addictive behaviors in my family and addictions within myself into something useful intelligent communicative that's like helpful and to like build boundaries yeah 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 so your moon sign is like your emotional life right like we always say that but there's so much more to it like what can you be doing in your life that makes you feel better that makes you not stuck in that emotional pattern yeah that you've been born with that you've inherited yeah what can you aspire toward and it's, it's just a theory. It's a theory that I've been reading about, but I find it really fascinating, and I think you should look at your charts and see if that speaks to you. Yeah, I think, I mean, whether, you know, whether it's a theory that can be proven or not, I think is neither here nor there, because I think it's something to consider, and everything that we consider yes. teaches yes. us a lesson. Yes. And so, you know, you can integrate these ideas into your life in, in so many ways, and I think it's, I mean, I think it's... I love the idea of the moon kind of informing this foundational level of self that must be explored and maybe transcended, but always honored. Um, I don't think it means to be to get rid of it. No, it, it's a it's a progression. Yeah, it's a growth. It's it needs to be there yeah. in order for you to grow. Just so, like the you darkness. know, like you're a moon in Cancer, right? Yeah. And so moon in Cancer people supposedly come in with a lot of like familial trauma. Water always has boundary issues. Water signs always have terrible boundary issues because we're water. It's really hard like we fill any container that we're in right so by nature like it's harder for us to have boundaries but a moon and cancer person supposedly comes into this life with a lot of um need to feel like they're the ones responsible for every family member's problems i do i feel like i must clean house proverbially mm -hmm. like on every level a moon and aries comes into life feeling like they're a warrior about everything feeling like they have to battle Defend everything. themselves yes and be on the defense yeah. a moon in scorpio something that's really interesting is a, a lot of moon and scorpio people were witches in past lives apparently really mm -hmm. like directly like sorcerers witchcraft um i meet people with moon in scorpio and they're more scorpio than i am yeah their emotional intensity of a moon in scorpio is really 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 real it's really real um so i'm just encouraging you to see what your moon can speak to in that and then likewise, your rising sign in a way that I have been reading from several different sources is also like your, your sun is in your, you know, your, your ego and like how you... It's kind of your core center. Right. Your... But then that person that you become with your rising sign, that person that walks into the room and greets everyone, the person that looks a certain way because that's how they feel comfortable in public is hugely important. Your rising sign is crucial to you. It's how people see you, first of all. I've always thought about this before we even brought this topic up because I've always felt as though I did start at a place where I was very much my moon sign cancer um, and beholden to family um, you know through the lens of Scorpio but my rising is Capricorn and I feel often and people often say you present as so hardworking and yep. put together yes, you and you know a workhorse and I suppose I am in some ways although I know my secret disorganized life um, but um, I feel like Capricorn gives me a direction to aspire toward, mm -hmm. which is actually being what I think I can be. Um, so mm -hmm. this theory in general, whether or not you deeply connect with your moon and your rising and whichever placement, I think 
do some investigating. Yes. Ask yourself truly, like, is there something that maybe I have neglected to pay attention to in my rising sign? Is there something that I've neglected to heal from my moon sign? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a direction. It is. It is. It's not like a, a ne- necessary not a, route. No, but it's like, not an order. It's not a, a, a given order. It's something that's like barked at you. It's not a command. Suggestion to explore. As is our reading and interpretation of this we're asking you to look at your own charts and see if that makes sense to you and if that's something that connects with you then go with that because like my rising of Sagittarius is definitely something that I would love to work toward and Lisa and I are both in the position of having our sun and our moon as water signs and then having a rising in a different element yeah and it is nice for me to like vibrationally try to raise myself to Sagittarius and I want to be the life of the party and I want to be fun and I want to travel and explore and be philosophical and those things are in there, but they conflict with my wateriness. And so I'm trying to find a place that is the best for all of those <laughs> placements, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why the, that's why it's so interesting to like, to, to study astrology, to look at yourself through the lens of it, because suddenly it gives a sense of what's it's it, it suddenly makes it feel like it's totally okay to be multi-layered it is and then it's complex. inherent and that like you aren't one thing we aren't none of us are one thing we're all many things and mm-hmm. like some things come to the surface at some times and other things we kind of repress or hold back or move on from mm-hmm. and it's okay we, we all change absolutely change is good change is great you should be changing i mean our lesson from the stars right is that everything is constantly in transit it's a, sick, it's a cycle nothing is fixed and no. so uh, uh, i mean your energy might be like leo <laughs> scorpio <laughs> fixed but like what you do with you know everything the whole cosmos are constantly in action and you should be too yeah and like to love astrology you have to love transition you have to um embrace change and so part of like me coming back to the big three on this even though we started this series like kind of talking about the big three is that my information and my understanding of it keep growing and we need to keep doing that too yeah and i think just to end this quick little yep you know i'll do this quickly but i think especially now in a world of such extreme social upheaval that is necessary, and also in a world where we're all kind of in our houses in a weird pause slash transitional period where we're sort of waiting with bated breath on what will happen next in the world, we have to be able to lean into adaptability and change so that we can fight for a better future, so that things can get better, so we can get better as people, as a species. I mean, only through change can we survive and Absolutely. thrive. Yes. So, uh, if you don't change your mind when you're presented with new information, you're not doing it correctly. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just gonna repeat your life again in another body, and it's and again suck. and again and again. If which if, if we believe that exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, speaking we, of bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, are we drunk enough to do this segment? First of all, let's toast mimosas. I I can be a bitch even when I'm sober. So, I can be a bitch when I'm asleep. <laughs> Wow. I want that on your tombstone. (laughs) All right. So. This segment is called We Call Bullshit. We Call Bullshit. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Um, First of all, Scorpio and Cancer just have a radar for this thing. But, you know, it's still, it's just, it's necessary. There's um, so much that we encounter every single day. Yeah. Currently, right now, the big uh, topic is... (sighs) Look, can we even? I'm so mad about this. It's so stupid that we're only going to give it a minute of our time. Because I hate even spending time on it. Yeah, one minute. It doesn't even deserve our attention, but we're bringing it up. Before this hits 40 minutes, uh, why hexing the moon is stupid? 
Go. So there's like a new thing of witch, uh, witches on TikTok. Witch talks? Yeah, I guess. Witch talk? TikToks. That they are, they first tried to curse the fae people and then tried to hex the moon. Hex the moon. They tried to hex the moon to prove their power. And to we are power. Here, here to say bullshit. You can't hex the moon. Shut the fuck up. The moon up. doesn't give a single <laughs> fucking fuck about you. Not one fuck. Not the, even I mean, part of a fuck. It's an immovable force. The moon doesn't care. You shouldn't do it. We shouldn't stoop to this level, Mm -hmm. but we are. And like everything that is happening right now in the world and you're trying to focus your energy on proving you're more powerful than the moon, grow up. It's called fascism. Don't do it. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Uh, Grow up. You're not witches. You're babies. You're dumb. Get a life. Yeah. There's too much negativity and pain and suffering in general. You don't have to hex the moon. Like go ahead and like hex fascist police that are like scooping people up off the street. Fucking hex Trump. Hex Pence. But like... Use your energy wisely take action in a way that makes change but also if you are dumb enough to think that you can hex the moon you're probably not smart enough to hex anything for real to begin with exactly so maybe just save your breath and like find something else to be interested in yeah because witchcraft is not for you yeah we don't want you (laughs) you're not welcome yeah you can't sit with us you cannot sit with us no fuck on the topic of bullshit How about, Lisa, this How? new sign? Oh my gosh. The 13th sign, It turns Lisa. out, I guess I'm a Libra now. I know. After <laughs> thousands and thousands of years, you're not a Scorpio, right? Oh, damn. It makes sense, I guess. No. Even NASA? Even NASA. Who does not believe in astrology because they are a scientific organization. Right. Even NASA was like, guys, No, we didn't change the it. Zodiac. Yeah. This story crops up every couple of years. Every couple of years, people figure out that there was this constellation at some point. But the fact of the matter is, like you said, this is the way that we've been doing things for a very long time. And there's a reason why there are 12 signs yes. that we work with. And also, like all of astrology is math and everything is based on the 12. The Babylonians that invented the type of astrology that we talk about on this show knew that there was a 13th constellation and did not include it because they didn't consider it important enough to make the cut. Right. I mean, I'm not a diehard traditionalist by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think you can take thousands and thousands of years of mathematical uh, achievement and study and just be like, just kidding, you're all wrong. You you really can't. And I, I sort of come from maybe like a completely different perspective here, like completely outside of astrology or outside of any realm that might fit into this podcast. But I feel like if you have a working system where the energy of the thing itself, which is astrology, and the people and what they're gaining from it, the meaning has been established. Mm -hmm. We have already found our place within the system. And that's what matters. Like, that's what means something to us. So if I've decided this is what I'm working with and that gives me meaning and sacredness, I'm not going to just change and decide tomorrow that everything I've done and felt and said and believed in and meditated on is bullshit because some third party says a certain thing. Because anyway, yep. this is all about the mystery anyway. It so, is. It is. You but know? I just also am going to come back and once again say that astrology is based in math. I'm terrible at math, but I've learned, I learned to love it for astrology. There are four elements. There are three energies. There are 12 houses. 12 signs. Like you can't suddenly put a, another sign in and expect all of that math to work out again. That's why it was constructed this way. Stop talking about the 13th sign. You sound like a fool. What else do we call bullshit on? Let's go. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on... um, Well, you know, I mean, this is not necessarily to do with astrology, but it does have to do with, you know, spirituality and belief. 
I think the thing about any sort of spiritual or, um, I don't know, metaphysical, metaphysical or philosophical, philo philosophical conversation or practice that you integrate into your life, um, it has to be done with one foot on the ground. Like you have to have um, a trauma informed. I think background, if you're going to be teaching people how to care for themselves using spiritual practices. And I think a lot of astrologers do it. They talk about astrology as being something that can give you lessons or mm -hmm. inspire you, but it's not the be all end all. You are not beholden to something to do with your sign and right. therefore your life can't change. Right. Because I think that we need to think about like society, finances, privilege, like trauma, the way yep. that our lives mix and mingle with astrology. Same for any sort of spiritual thing, like these fucking influencers who are selling expensive prosperity or abundance rituals for you to download with promises that you'll make 2000 by next week or 10000 by next month um, or change your money mindset. I think when you enter into this sort of thing and you want to help people, no, you should want to help people. You shouldn't just want them to buy your stuff and you prey on their vulnerability and maybe the financial downfall as to do with COVID. Like this is not a time for opportunism no. and shitty multi-level marketing spiritual schemes, which is what they are. Yes. Just because an Instagram account has 40,000 followers and the grid is super beautiful and they work with other influencers doesn't mean they're to be trusted and that they have your best interests in mind. Absolutely. Don't pay $129 for a downloadable prosperity ritual fucking kit or whatever. Please, for the love of everything sacred and holy in the world, don't listen to anybody that can tell you like crystals can, can cure COVID. I saw that going around no. for a while. In like prominent places, prominent. like prominent places with real influencers talking about if you want to back up your health system with some crystal care, awesome. Fine. But don't you dare tell people when there are like hundreds of thousands of people dying around the world and a lot of people of color that like you can just find like the right fucking rose quartz and you're not going to have COVID. I call bullshit. We call bullshit. Extreme bullshit. Bullshit to the highest order. The ventilator out of the hospital room and just make place for a giant crystal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. It's, it's called augmenting your wellness toolkit. It is not a replacement for traditional medication. Don't listen to people who make false promises with no scientific... Um, yes. And that also goes for like the reading that I've been doing with a lot of astrology. I'm really sick of people like pronouncing huge statements in their books without showing any sources or any backup information. It's like you can't just make a bold statement and not have any anything to, to back it up. Um, that's a lot. That's a big problem in so many kind of magic and witchy books, I think, is that there's this always this long list of correspondences. Yes. And I'm like, why? They're like things that have been traditionally passed down but they don't make any room for you yeah. to make your own meaning. I read the other day that like moon signs rule airports. And I was like, what, why? Who decided that? What, why would they? Like, like, what does that mean? What group of people <laughs> got together after the invention of aviation? Yes. And they were like, oh, oh, the, oh yeah. No, that's the moon. That's what? it. <laughs> why? <laughs> All right. I fucking love an airplane and an airport. I'm a big transportation geek. But sure, you're, you're a big airport geek. You're a big airplane geek. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you are. I really am. But I just, I don't make, I'm not making that connection. Maybe you should let people decide for themselves things that are symbolic and meaningful. Yeah. You can, I think you can give people some, obviously some information, but I think we need to be careful to make space for people's beliefs and their nuances and the ways that we 
all have unique practices. So we're cooling off, but we're done with the, we're done with the topic. But can I just close this segment out by saying you can't fucking hex the moon? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> no one can. You the can. moon wins. And you're shut up. And you're a piece of shit if you're preying on people's vulnerability. No, you're a piece of poverty. shit for trying to bring all this attention to what you're doing. And what you're doing is a huge disservice to witchcraft and astrology in general. Oh, you're talking about the moon. I'm, I'm talking about the damn influence. All of it. All of it. God, I, I'm like a car, curmudgeon old grandma. We are. I've, We've I've been just, in quarantine for months and we're heated. I'm like the, <laughs> I'm like the physical representation or the, the verbal representation, representation of like an old lady standing on her porch, like waving a dirty rag around, screaming at the kids in the street to be quiet. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. About everybody on the internet. I think I also haven't really been drinking in quarantine very much at all. And so, yeah. like, I'm enjoying this with you, but there's, like, some aspect of me that is definitely, like, getting drunk on the front porch and, like, yelling weird things at strangers. Oh, totally. Just because I'm fed up. Yeah. From, like, a rocking chair. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But look, let's, let's turn this around. <laughs> because we're really not, like, negative Nancys. Yeah. We're actually going to just spend the next few minutes talking to you about what we love. Yes. we want to end it on good, Absolutely. positive. So this is stuff we've been loving. <laughs> That's a shitty title. I think I... <laughs> it rolls right off the tongue. Stuff we have been loving. It is stuff we have been loving time. Here are things that bring us joy. <laughs> it, that catchy segment. It's just like we're on The View. <laughs> stuff we have been paying attention to. The View. What a mess, by the way. With. Yeah, well... That show is a shit show. It is. Okay. All right. What have you been... What have you been experiencing recently that you're, like, super into? Because we can go back and forth, because... Just so much. A few things that I have uh, been loving that I'd love to just call out really quickly uh, is the book Moon Spells by Michael Herkes. Um, I really, really enjoy it, and I really enjoy Michael's work in general. Um, I think it's very thoughtful mm-hmm. and very lunar, and uh, it definitely takes an approach that infuses the glamour um, of Michael's first book, The Glam Witch. And uh, I, I just really love it. I think it's really worth it. I hope that you all check it out. Likewise, I think you should check out the Grimoire Journal, which is by Paige Vanderbeck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's came out very shortly after Paige's first book, Green Witchcraft, and I think it's really cool because it actually provides a space for you to write down your rituals and recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, my book, my book, The Magical Writing Grimoire, is a grimoire of stuff, but like it doesn't have writing space, and I think that's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Paige on that. Big time. What about you? Um, I'm going to talk about some stuff that's not witchcraft or astrology related. However, I think all the literature that I really fully love and fall in love with always feels like people are like natural witches. <laughs> right. Um, and so a big thing right now is I'm reading the, uh, a book of poems by Shira Ehrlichman called uh, Odes to Lithium. Mm. And it's just... It's like her battle with bipolar disorder and figuring out like what she needs to keep herself safe in these really beautiful prose poems that I just, they just send me. Um, and then sort of in the same vein, um, just because of the world of poetry, um, poet Ocean Vuong's first novel on earth were briefly gorgeous. Um, I flew through that book. I flew through that novel. Yeah. Just like heart out the whole time. Ocean's poetry is beautiful. His poetry is beautiful and his novel like really synthesizes his poetic language into like a truly beautiful and inspiring Poets story. Poets make the best writers. They do. They do. They're, Period. They're great essayists. They're great novelists. Everyone else just give up. Sorry. Poetry <laughs> is it. Um, and then I'm also reading a book called My Meteorite. My Meteorite. Sorry. Prosecco <laughs> by Harry Dodge. Harry Dodge is an author who is married to the author Maggie Nelson of uh, Bluets and um, the Argonauts. Uh, and 
it's the, my meteorite is it's sort of genreless, just like Bluets by Maggie Nelson is too, in that it's a poetic voice, it's essay, it's lyric essay, it's fractured, it's all over the place, and it's really just about um, paying attention to what our life brings us because things that seem like coincidence probably are not. Mm. We are like too wired together we're too sacred there's too much meaning mm. to like bypass these things that feel like coincidence without giving them uh their moment and like their oh, the honor that, that they deserve i love that so much and it's like also extremely intellectual there's a whole lot of aquarius energy like vibrating off of this book but um uh those are the, the most recent books that i've been reading that have just been like exploding my brain with joy yeah you love them um another thing i'd like to shout out uh luna luna magazine that I edit is publishing a series called Summer Poems and they come out like a bit by bit each week and obviously they're all different kinds of poems by all different people but they all kind of um, explore that sort of rich, lush, languid, dreamy, sometimes whimsical, magical, sweaty, summery thing mm. and I have to say like I'm curating that series and I really 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 love it. So anyone who's listening right now you I mean you should just send me a summer poem just email me or tweet me if you don't have my contact and ask about summer poems because through August I want to be publishing these like dreamy little snapshots of the summer and summer's that. energy I'm just obsessed with summer I am too I love so when it's good. like just gets so hot that like you function differently mm. it forces you to physically slow down in certain ways yeah which opens you up to like other possibilities I really <sighs> truly believe that exactly like you can't hurry and rush through your days in the summertime it just won't let you no there's a book I'm rereading for like the third time right now called Marguerite it's Marguerite Duras uh, the sailor from Gibraltar which is my favorite summer book to read because it literally encapsulates the fever dream of heat mm -hmm. and how you go through this like renaissance of self in the summer because you just either don't care enough to change or everything changes because you're so fucking hot and you can't deal with it you have this revelatory experience mm -hmm. But I'm babbling because I'm a little drunk. No. I just love Gibraltar. We also just, we love reading for like the time of year. And so I do feel like Rock of Gibraltar, I haven't read it yet, but I really Sailor want to. Sailor from Gibraltar. Sorry, Sailor from Gibraltar. Yeah. Rock of Gibraltar is the actual place. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, is a great summertime yeah. book. I remember when I read The Lover by her for the first time, I read it in the bridge between Libra to Scorpio season. Oh, so And nice. it was perfect. Because it's still probably just a little warmish, yeah. but... But that you're also like going, beauty. moving from the time of beauty into the time of transformation through sex. Yes. And like exploring the personal darkness and exploring yes. like what sex changes in your life for you. Forever. So like going from Libra to Scorpio when reading The Lover by Margaret Dura is like an experience that I recommend to anyone who loves literature and astrology. Oh, I love that. I'm a, such a Dura fan. It makes me so happy. All right, so we have gotten through our first episode in so many months. We were, I was like really intimidated by doing this. Were yeah. you scared about we, coming we back? Were, I, w I was very scared. I was like, I lost the, the gift of gab. I really, but we don't. You know why? We talked, we talked for five hours before we recorded this episode, we did. you guys. And we probably could have recorded everything we said. I think it was, some of what we said in conversation was probably <laughs> quality stuff that might have even been better than certain things that I said on That's this episode. That's the thing. We just need a camera crew on us at all times. At all times. <laughs> Make us a reality show. No, um, thank you everybody for like sticking with us. We've had some messages from people asking where we've been and how we are and what you want to hear from us. And that is so deeply appreciated from the bottom, yeah. bottom, 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 bottom heart of hearts. Thank you. Yeah. It's really meaningful. And 
we started this as just an enthusiastic project because we had so much passion and interested in it. And also because we love to drink. Yeah. And also because we love <laughs> <Joking>. to drink. <laughs> We're healthy. We are, actually. Um, we are. But uh, it's amazing that people have listened and that you care and that you find us interesting and that we have chemistry. Um, that's so cool. Thank you, so guys. Thank you guys so much. We um, love you and I guess we'll be back uh, during... Your favorite. Oh, yeah. Virgo season. <laughs> I want to bring on like a tribunal of Virgos to like eviscerate you, Lisa. Oh, my God. Can we do a roast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what? If, if, if Virgos were coming at you, I would definitely take your side. Both you because would? I love you and because you're my, like on my team. <laughs> That's true, but I would like to see Virgos try. <laughs> oh. Ooh, the gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> All right, Leo babies, happy birthday. Happy Leo season. Everybody who has Leo in your big three, enjoy. People who have Venus and Leo like me, aren't we so blessed and highly favored? Mm, hashtag blessed. <laughs> hashtag blessed. And everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of each other, and fight for what's right. Absolutely. We love you guys. Thank you. Good night.